0: I feel like as a highly sensitive person this this period of our lives is really like it strips everything back away because we're just kind of getting back to our primal like animal selves. we're building humans.
1: Hello and welcome to the highly sensitive soul podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Welcome to episode 35 of the Highly Sensitive Soul podcast. I am super excited to sit down with Brianna Foss today, and we have a pretty fun conversation coming to you. So I'll share a little bit more about Brianna in just a second, though I just wanted to share that for those that are at home, for those that are working either remotely or you're building your business, and if you've ever just felt, well, a little bit lonely doing your work. We all have to show up and do our work, and it's not always glamorous. There's spreadsheets, there's writing, emails, and if you wanted to just come and hang out in a supportive community, I offer free quietly co-working sessions. So these are literally something that we dive on or hop on Zoom, a brief introduction and check in, and then I set a timer for about 45 minutes. We all go on mute and we get to work. It's a nice way to be in community and yet able to do our work. So you can head to combinationhealing.ca forward slash free forward slash quietly, and you can sign up for those. All right. Let me tell you about Brianna. So Brianna is a mother, speaker, Reiki master, and entrepreneur from the West coast focused on simplicity getting back to basics, and bettering our world through our connection back to self. It is her deeply held belief that when we clear away external demands and bring ourselves back inward, we can create space for us to reunite with the earthly, natural humans that we are deep down to live healthier, more meaningful lives. She owns and operates homecoming.com, a digital movement and mindfulness studio for pregnancy, motherhood, and the journey within. I'm super excited to sit down with Brianna and I will pop the spelling for homecoming. I really like it. It's H-O-H-M coming.com. It's got the ohm in there, which I feel like there might be a story about. Maybe we'll get into that. But welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here.
0: Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. So I always am curious. What was the journey that brought you into the
0: work that you do now? Oh, it's such a... It feels like so, um, (laughs) I don't even know. It was, it's been a long journey of um, trying all kinds of different things and um, exploring and trying to fit into different molds and different places in the world and places I thought I wanted to be and places I thought I should be. Um, And then eventually over the last couple of years, I kind of just realized that you know, I wasn't really paying attention to who I was and what I really needed and wanted in life. And I'm still unraveling all of that. Um, But really tuning into who I am and like what feels good to me as an individual and just moving towards that. And so that's kind of the work that I do now is all about supporting women and mothers to do the same and really just like trusting themselves in the process. So That's kind of vague, but what that really looks like is my journey has been through like working, you know, in corporations and just hating it or like things going wrong and things not working or trying different entrepreneurship journeys that just weren't a fit. And I knew they weren't at the time, but I was just trying to make something fit. Um, Working in hospitality, like just just trying to fit myself into all these boxes um, that I thought would be, you know, good boxes to fit into, I guess. And um, yeah, over the last couple of years, I've just really been unraveling and checking in with myself and just being like, what do I even want out of life? And um, it's kind of been this really organic, I would say, unraveling of self um, that's kind of got me here now.
1: I love that organic unraveling that just presents such a beautiful visual image (laughs) and, and I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that, like trying out these different things and especially many highly sensitives find this journey to a career and to meaningful work that fits to be a wandering path, especially because meaning is so important to us. And it sounds like that's a pretty fundamental part of, of your life is that finding meaning so I think that's really, really cool. And is there a story behind the the homecoming name or was it something that just kind of
0: arrived? It's like, oh, that's the name. Oh, that's exactly what happened, actually. Yeah, it was in October of last year and it was like, it just came to me. It all kind of came to me at once of we need this hub for women going through this period in their lives. And um homecoming and it had to be spelled that way for some reason it just had to and it kind of like went through different iterations yeah and I even looked up because om is actually not necessarily spelled with an h all the time and it yeah. so I it was just as it just but it had to be spelled that way um and I feel like it showcases what it's really about is like this sort of gentle return to self um return home and yeah there's really no exciting story other than it just kind of came to me and like it needed to be done that way somehow <laughs> and
1: I think that is often the way these things arrive with that piece of clarity of, well, that's it. Like that's either the name or the direction. So I think that's beautiful that you're able to just hear that, listen to that, and okay, moving forward with it. (laughs) Because I think there's, I know there's a lot of different advice and suggestions and ways of doing things during a person's pregnancy. So I love your approach of this simple place of slowing down and reconnecting with, sounds like a, a really innate ancient wisdom. This is not new to be having babies. <laughs> this, is oh. not a, this is not a new phenomenon. So I love that you have this space for people to come together that are especially in their pregnancy and do you meet with people before they get pregnant as well,
0: or is it? I used to in my Reiki practice, so that's kind of how this all came about. So when I had my daughter three years ago, um, I found for like I've always been, you know, I always thought of myself as a fairly connected person. You really brought in the term highly sensitive person to my um, uh, vicinity, which feels really fitting. Um, I've always kind of felt like just a little different in a sense, not in a in a negative way, but just kind of like not necessarily deeply understood in a way that I wanted to be. Hmm. Um, But when it came to my pregnancy with my daughter, um, I kind of just fell into again, like the boxes that I felt like I should be fitting into and, you know, how I should be experiencing pregnancy and what this should look like. Hmm. And looking back I'm at the tail end of my second pregnancy now, and it was such a very actually highly anxious time in my life and I would never have described myself as an anxious person before. And so I feel like as a highly sensitive person, this, this period of our lives is really like, it strips everything back away because we're just kind of getting back to our primal, like animal cells. (laughs) We're building humans. We're doing what we're made to do biologically. And um, there's so much stimuli and information and all of these things that automatically come at us um, in a way that makes it very easy to feel like we don't actually know our bodies well, or we don't really, you know, there's no need to trust our bodies because everyone else is going to hold us in this, in this part of our lives. But what I really wanted to, so, so sorry <laughs> to answer oh, this your question
1: is great. <laughs> as I,
0: um, so as I kind of moved through my postpartum period with my first pregnancy Um I really felt a deep need to just like connect with other moms and through my Reiki practice, I was working with, um, and still am sort of periodically, but working with specifically women in pregnancy, both before pregnancy and after pregnancy as well. But kind of the, the, the gist of my practice was within pregnancy. And it was so clear to me that this is a time where we are just exposed, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. like, but we don't really know how to, fit into the world. I think we don't learn a lot about what actually goes on in the pregnancy piece, like that our brains are rewiring, our bodies are shifting, like neurologically things are changing and we just try and continue our lives. And so it can be a really subconsciously draining time in somebody's life, especially as a highly sensitive person, because you, you've got all this additional stimuli and feelings and things to work through but we don't really give ourselves the space to do that. And so, and our society just doesn't. Um, and so when I launched homecoming in the beginning of this year, it was really as a means to give women that space to, whether it's five minutes of just like intentional breath work to be like, okay, I'm safe in my body. Um, you know, whether it's a monthly gathering to come to one of our women's circles or mother's circles or whether it's like, I really need to move some energy out of my body just so I can create some space to feel what I'm feeling versus trying to um, yeah, work through everything else that's coming at me right now. So um, did that answer your question? <laughs> uh, no, that, okay. was,
1: that was great and really leads into kind of plant some of the seeds around this idea around motherhood and as we were chatting earlier and in some of our emails earlier this talk of a motherhood journey and I I really love that phrase because this is not a it's not a short simple process you've touched on a few amazing points already of how much is changing on on the physiological level Brains are rewiring. Hormones are changing. Everything is working quite differently. And yet there's still that sense of society just being like, oh, it's amazing. You're pregnant. And yet this expectation to keep doing the same things that you'd been doing before. And I can appreciate as someone who hasn't been pregnant. And I often joke that I have my people like, oh, do you have kids? I'm like, kids are wonderful. I have two fur babies. I have my two cats. <laughs> so it's an area of life that I'm not as familiar with. I don't have that intimate experience of the lived experience. So I'm really happy to be chatting with you and bringing this on for those listening that either are mothers or are mothers thinking to be and exploring a possibility of having a family or are pregnant right now. But I'm curious, how was the motherhood journey? Well, I was going to say how, how was the journey I was thinking in pregnancy, but this is a complete and utter life shift. So how was the entire motherhood journey been like for you as a highly sensitive, especially as yeah, you mentioned before, now you're in you know, the final stages of your second pregnancy. So you're in a really beautiful time. And yet you have a little one as well. So I'm sure there's a lot as highly sensitive, a little
0: different to navigate. Well, that's actually, it's a great question. I I feel like my journey and I'm, I'm fairly certain that that, um, other mothers can relate, but every day is different. Um, And some days I feel really, you know, involved and excited and grateful and all of these things. And the last couple of days I felt very, um, reclusive, (laughs) which is, um, I have the space to do that, which I feel really lucky to have that, to be able to have that space for myself. But I do find that, um, like my vision for the, sorry. So when I, when I started entered entered my motherhood journey, that's kind of where, but it's funny, the motherhood journey, we typically think of as starting, you know, after birth or sort of at the birth and then into postpartum, that's the motherhood journey that we talk about a lot. Um, and it's great because that's a really important piece But I really, truly feel like if we can shift as a culture and really hold the woman in the pregnancy journey as well Mm -hmm. and support her through what's happening there or just support ourselves through or understand how to support ourselves, because that's where all the physiological stuff is changing. It's all of the underlying stuff, the subconscious things. It's not obvious. It's not tangible, Mm
1: -hmm. but it's
0: so deeply inherent that if we can support ourselves in that and begin to trust our bodies in that pregnancy and before pregnancy. And like, this comes down to like learning our cycles as women and all of this stuff, but there's a huge, a whole big conversation around that. But really um, the motherhood journey starts like for me and my experience at conception. And um, I really noticed that with my first pregnancy, I just, I I could feel like mentally I wasn't there the same way that I was like in the job I had at the time was I was in like a sales job in a big city, which is so different from my life now, but it's just so interesting how this journey kind of takes you. But, um, I, I, yeah, cognitively, mentally, like I just wasn't in the same space. My motivation had changed, like things were really changing, but not until looking back, did I realize that the pregnancy had changed me. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of get into these, um, you know, roles and, even though things are changing, we go, Oh, it's fine. Like I'll just push through, or I'll get up earlier tomorrow, or I should be able to do this. What's wrong with me? Like these sorts of things. And, um, so yeah, I really think the pregnancy piece is a really key component that we don't talk about a lot. And as a highly sensitive person, which I just sort of, I guess recently have realized that I am, I've really had to, first of all, accept that, um, which has been a bit of a journey. And for me, that looks like I need a lot of space to myself. And as a mom, that can feel like a really hard thing to ask for and to take. And the space to myself, yeah, it feels indulgent sometimes, or it used to feel indulgent and selfish. And and I have this like guilt about it. But really like this morning, for example, I said to my husband, I was like, I need to just like go into our room and like meditate for 10 minutes. Like I just need to be alone um, because when I'm, when I don't give myself that space and this happened, like, this is only just my daughter's three. And like, just now am I realizing that this is how I need to do this? But yeah, I just get overwhelmed and angry and um, upset. And it just, you know, I don't necessarily know why, but if I can take the space and settle in, then it can be a lot smoother for me and for my family. And so it's just been this really interesting ride now, knowing that I am a highly sensitive person and my husband is a highly sensitive person as well. And so it's helped us in our relationship and in our family, but um, yeah, really quite quite a journey and different for everyone I imagine. But um, for me, it's really looked like having to like, just shut things off, like go be by myself, unfollow people on social media, take breaks from social media, um, you know, all of those things. And so it's really creating space for myself that has been such a key component.
1: And I think as anyone listening, you, you touched on some really, really pertinent points there of taking space for ourselves and a, how fast sometimes we can come to either just a sense of, Oh, okay. This is where I'm at. Maybe I can be okay with this, or maybe I need to grab some extra support with this huge emotions that are showing up. Or maybe there's just a sense of understanding that insight that comes. I guess highly sensitive tend to be pretty inward thinkers or tending to reflect pretty deeply on our days, our experiences, our relationships, our interactions. So really, really good work grabbing even those islands of time that 10 minutes to meditate that space for yourself and i can imagine that as a mom that being a tricky thing to navigate sometimes there's we have we have some weird things that we put on moms of like all of a sudden <laughs> like oh self sacrifice everything <laughs> it's in a sense like if you are holding so much for the family you're holding a lot of care and compassion and love and caretaking. Mm. It's kind of backwards some of our ways, societally thinking of moms just, yeah, just push through, do all the things. Like, shouldn't we be, which is why I love what you're doing. It's like, shouldn't we be expecting moms and supporting them to take that time out to rest, to eat well, to not just have the scraps from their kids leftovers after dinner, but like sit down and, and eat a meal. So yeah, just reflecting on kind of your shares there. I don't know if that brings anything up for you, but I'm like, we have a weird way of looking at kind of how, how much, expectations seem to flip and how much I imagine moms take this on as this internal message. I have to do everything for everyone and moms matter deeply. So I'm glad that you're creating a space for people to explore this for themselves.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. It's a very odd way that we think, but it's, you know, there's, I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking about in my experience as well, I've also had moments of like where I don't feel guilty about taking time. And I don't feel, you know, like, you know, I feel like I just want the entire day to myself and I feel like I want to go and do that. But then this message comes in. And I'm like, Oh, should I feel guilty about that? Am I, am I not being present for my family? So it's just this weird dance of like, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know I love my family. Like, but then this, this conversation, this sort of narrative comes into my head and I'm like, no, like I have to remind myself that it's okay to, to want that, you know, it's just, it's yeah. very, odd, very backwards sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These funny little, I like to bring that word dance in. I'm like, imagine it could be a lot of that mm-hmm. and highly sensitive ourselves tend to need our alone time to recharge. And that I imagine is amplified, especially in pregnancy with so many changes happening, I'm trying to figure out what has changed and how to be with everything that's shifting as well as of course, when kids are in this reality outside of our bodies and we're running around after them. But I'm curious, what, what practices do you have some favorite ones or some top ones that you would suggest to support others experiencing their motherhood journey, including their pregnancy journey as a highly sensitive?
0: Yeah, I think for sure. Recognizing, um, you know, that that space is paramount um, because there is so much more happening. So like imagining you being a highly sensitive person and already feeling a lot of things and being very internal and then amplifying that. And so really being sensitive and gentle with yourself and making sure that you are actually taking the time to check in and trust yourself and know that you're okay because, and find a safety within your body and within those changes. And so in terms of practices, um, so with like on homecoming, we have meditation, breath work and movement and as well as gatherings in community as well every month. But we it's really it's really, really important to just check in with yourself. And sometimes that can be as simple as, you know, taking a deep breath, putting your hands on your body and just like very simple things of closing your eyes and coming back inward, just being like, I'm safe um, because it can be really overwhelming. Um, it can be a lot. And so simple things like that. Um, if you're somebody who likes to move, then, you know, movement is really great to clear energy and just like create that space in your body and that in in your mind. And, um, you know, just sitting with yourself, there was a, um, a period in my pregnancy where I just like, I would get up earlier than everyone in my household because I just needed, 20 minutes to have a tea in the morning and just sit with myself and do nothing but sit there and so those sorts of things really supported me and I think for everyone that's it, it can be a little bit different and every day it can be different too and that's okay um, I'm not really a rituals type of person I've always wanted it to be but I've never had like a consistent day-to-day ritual so what I do is I every morning I wake up and I'll like just try and check in with myself. This doesn't always happen, but I'll try and just be like, what do I need today? And sometimes that's just to, you know, light a little bit of sage and smile and call it a, call it a day. But um, some days it's, you know, like a deep movement practice or like the entire day alone or those sorts of things. But really just starting simply and um, figuring out what makes you feel safe in your body and in your space. And sometimes that might mean nobody around and being okay with asking for that. And sometimes that might mean just, you know, a few moments to yourself or however that sort of comes about. But yeah, it's, uh, again, that's a bit of a dance too for me and a bit of a journey to figure out, you know, what works um, and different things work at different times. So especially in pregnancy when you're going through and things can change quite, quite a lot, like as I move into my I'm 38 weeks now and I'm very much like, I don't want to move my body at all. (laughs) Like I don't (laughs) want to do that, but I do want to nourish my body with good food. And I do want to sit quietly and not necessarily meditate deeply, but just like, like look around and be like, wow, I'm about to bring a baby in, you know? So for a highly sensitive person, it's just really important to uh, create space to not take in additional information and to just be with yourself.
1: Yeah, that is a huge element of knowing that we already process so much. Like we kind of, on our sensory level, we are processing a lot of sound, light, and all of our senses are taking in information. Subtly, we're taking in energetic information. So I like what you named there of, of that. Yes, creating space for the recharge time, but also to not be taking in extra stimulation just to be like, okay, and here's a pause. <laughs> and I know some may be listening to this going, huh, sounds nice. How? <laughs> when, when there is so many moving parts to life, especially work, single parenthood, multiple demands on time. And I just want to acknowledge that as wonderful as it would be to live in a, a more traditional society where everyone gathers around and, and supports moms, especially in pregnancy, new moms, it's like we live in a different world. So there is a sense almost of interesting. I'm just noticing this sense of loss of like, what an incredible experience that I think is it sometimes available and sometimes our path probably looks a little different Mm -hmm. so I'm curious if there are are people that are even in your like you mentioned some women's circles some motherhood circles like is even coming to that a space like that being around others that are walking a a similar path like do you Mm -hmm. find that people as someone who's held circles for years like I know this from a different standpoint, but I'm curious in the motherhood space, like how that goes, like our mom's showing up, they're like, Oh, nursing while I'm here, but I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> like How does that go for circles?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's come as you are. And really that's what homecoming is for is to just sort of hold that space for you to make it what you need it for yourself. And so um, we are hosting our very first mother circle this coming Sunday. We've done other events and gatherings, but um, we're going to be doing uh, a mother's circle on this Sunday which really is just an invitation for you to come as you are, whether you're nursing, whether you're pregnant, whether you have older children, and it's really a space to um, just come and be within the presence of other people because um, really in conversation and sharing stories, everybody's motherhood journey is different, but there's a lot of affirmation in hearing other people. So there's a sharing aspect to our circles that um, well, they're hosted by um, uh, a gal, Amber, she's on our team, and she is just such a beautiful, feminine, wonderful, like, being to just hold space, and she, we, we go through some movement, a little bit of breath work, and just kind of get ourselves settled into the space, And then there's an optional sharing piece, which you can either just listen to others, share their stories uh, where they're at, or you can share your own. And sometimes just hearing or speaking can be medicine in itself to just kind of release stuff that you're holding on to that you might not know you're holding on to. And so we do find that coming together in community, especially after these last few years, um, motherhood can be so isolating. And if you're not a highly sensitive person, I think motherhood can make you a highly sensitive person because it's such a shift. And um, we really are lacking that community piece, like you said, living together in you know, traditional ways. And we tend to mother alone, a lot of the times and feel things alone. And so yeah, coming together and just being in the presence of others and the energy of others that are doing have been through similar things or close to similar things can be really, really healing and supportive for sure.
1: Yeah. There, there's a magic that can happen in circles sometimes. And if someone listening is, is thinking, oh, this would be nice just to take some time alone to have that space. Sometimes it's actually quite challenging to do that. Sitting alone being like, oh, wow, there's a lot here.
0: (laughs) That's true, that's very true.
1: And I think being in circle is an incredible way, both as a bridge to finding that sense of slowness in our own self, in our own space, but to just have community. I think we underestimate what happens when we can share in a safe space, in a place where, The container's been set as somewhere that's, it's confidential. What happens in circle stays in circle. And it's also, you name that element already. It it is really good medicine to speak what is showing up and different circles are run different, different ways, but to, to not then be sort of identified as well, here's the problem. Let's go fix it. There's not necessarily always an element in coaching in circles. Some are, I want to say this is how circles must be,
0: Mm. but it's really nice to just name and be. Witnessed, yeah. I think for for us too, it's so important for me with homecoming to never come um, at it in a way of like, here's how you get to this place, or you know, <laughs> here's the five step journey to having a great pregnancy. It's not about that. It's really about providing the space and allowing you the safety to figure out what that means for you on an individual level, because we are we we know ourselves better than anyone else. We know our families better than anyone else. and we I think women just need to be given the space to remember that mm-hmm. and the safety to remember that. And I think through circle is, you know, you sometimes you come and you you just receive just a little nugget of exactly what you need to hear that day. or, you're able to just, you know, you move your body in a way that allows this, you know, a lightness to come into your being that you're just like, whew, well, that feels lighter. That feels a lot like a lot off my shoulders. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's it's different, but it's really, you know, we're here to hold the space and to facilitate and to, you know, prompt possibly, um, but really you are the master. You are the guru of your own life. You know, there's, we're not here to tell you how how to have a good pregnancy or how to connect your intuition that's that's something that only you can do for yourself and it's really beautiful to witness and to to just be with people doing the same thing it's really beautiful and it's so needed which is just probably the most beautiful part for me to just actually see this little creation of mine like working and um, you know having people really resonate with it and connect to it and go like You know, I actually feel safer in my in my body, and I'm I'm actually experiencing joy in this pregnancy. And I didn't think that I could. And, um, you know, I'm it's just it's really beautiful. Um, and so I'm really excited to be offering these. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And they sound both incredible and so needed. And you you mentioned the word intuition, and that is a big one. And I think we are more intuitive than we. than we give ourselves credit for in a lot of ways. I think we sometimes are acting in, in an intuitive way without even realizing it. And it's built into our languaging. Like oh, I had a hunch about, oh, I just have a sense I need to, I have an inkling, I have a suspicion about, like we we do have intuition woven into us. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about how reconnecting to our intuition can help highly sensitive and all people overall, just to live these fuller, richer lives.
0: Oh, it's so important. And I think intuition is one of those sort of buzzwords that can be thrown around a lot and like, Oh, just like, let's connect to our intuition and all of these things. And really at the end of the day, it's just about self-trust. It's about trusting ourselves to know what's right. And I think that that is such a hard thing to cultivate, especially in pregnancy, especially as a highly sensitive person, because there's so much coming at us. And I'll use my own example as my, with my first pregnancy as well, is like, we're not, again, we're not necessarily taught to understand how our bodies work, um, you know, physiologically. So we're kind of taught to rely on medical professionals. And so we go to the doctor and we get all the tests and we have the scans and we do all of this stuff, which can feel really safe for people and can be really great, but it can also be a lot. And I think that's where a lot of my overwhelming anxiety came in, in my first pregnancy, and it really was heightened. Um, and so for this pregnancy, I, I, before I even got pregnant, I knew that if I was going to have another baby, I wanted it to be an, an intuitive pregnancy, quote unquote. Um, and I really wanted to just like, play around with it and listen to myself and listen to my body and like truly just move with myself. And so to me, that me, so for me that has meant so far that like, um, yeah, I haven't done any tests. I haven't had any ultrasounds, but I have a deep knowing in my body that things are great and things are safe and I am good. And I've checked in with my midwife and there's different ways that, you know, I've found safety in that. Um, but really this, this connection to self this trust in self is interesting because you don't necessarily know it's the right choice until after you've made the choice when we're talking about intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it can be scary and it can feel really, again, like intangible and like, well, how do I know for sure? And I think a lot of the beauty of pregnancy is that we're not necessarily meant to know for sure, you know, (laughs) like it's, Mm -hmm. it's life. And it's just this, this really beautiful, um, release kind of thing relinquish to nature um but i think for highly sensitives as well if you're even extra heightened it can be a real extra search for information and and needing to know and what should this look like and you know you can you can get all the apps you can google everything you can check out all the blogs you can talk to your doctor you can get all the information you can ask but at the end of the day we need to remember what does this actually feel like for me and what do I want? Because, um, again, every experience is going to be different and all of the information is kind of based on, I don't know, numbers that may not resonate with you or may not mean anything to you. So I think it's just connecting to our intuition as a highly sensitive person is so key because if we can trust ourselves in most situations, it doesn't have to be all situations, but if we know that we can trust ourselves in most situations, we can really save ourselves from all of that overwhelming anxiety, you know, of having to filter through all this extra information and having to feel what, you know, kind of going through all of that. And so let alone, like even whether you're pregnant or not connecting to your intuition and just, just knowing like, yeah, I can trust myself. I know that this feels good or this feels, this doesn't feel good. And It can be really supportive to just help us live more easeful lives for sure. And I've seen that in myself. I've seen that in um, a bunch of our customers and my clients previously in my Reiki practice. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to watch people trust themselves.
1: And going back to one of the phrases you said at the start, I feel like that would really lead into that organic unraveling yeah, to a person's place of where they feel safest, where they feel most comfortable. And I feel like it needs to be celebrated how key that is having an intuitive connection to yes, take in information and make our decisions based off that. And starting small is always okay. Gaining those trust muscles I imagine it sounds like you've been working with this. And as also an energy healer, Reiki, I imagine, I'll do craniosacral and not Reiki. Imagine there is a huge degree of leaning into your intuition, trusting what's coming through. Because there is not the same mental framework to just come from a logical linear that's exactly usually how people end up in our practices. Is because the logical, linear didn't quite fit with them. There was more to heal, more to explore, more to grow.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That one, and I would say that that's probably the first introduction to trusting my intuition, or the first real one that I could that I can um, pinpoint is when I I took my Reiki course. I think I was telling you, like, kind of on a whim. It was. It was, um, you know, just COVID had started, and there was this opportunity, and I was like, sure, yeah, let's let's throw this into the mix. And um, I didn't have any plans to do anything with it. You know, I was still I was still bent on, you know, freelance marketing at the time, which is so funny now. Um, but uh, it's it was really my first test of, you know, and showing me that I can trust myself and that those things, these things that are coming up, are true, not just for me, but for other people. Um, when, when we can sit in that space and I do feel like Reiki is available to anyone and everyone, like it's just life force energy. I don't, I don't believe that you need to be, you know, certified in any way to just sit with yourself and feel your energy and, you know, connect to yourself. So, and connect to other people. You just have to have the space to do it. Um, and yeah, I would totally agree. That's exactly where I first got a taste of what it means to trust yourself and what an impact that can be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun. It it's can so be fun. Really fun. <laughs> when you start feeling energy and you go there is no logical reason why I should say have picked up on this area of tension that person forgot to tell me about or whatever but after a session I'm like Huh, how did you know to go to this particular to the, the right shoulder, whatever? I forgot about that whole accident. And I was reliving this in my mind. And like there, there's different things that show up. And I think that brings in some of the magic of living intuitively.
0: Absolutely. I think the logic we can get rid of for a while now and just kind of live in <laughs> in the body because you know, this logical world is has done some great things in in lots of ways. But at the end of the day, like I don't think we're any more happy. Like, I think we could really, we could really use some support and connecting to ourselves again. And we're just remembering even just a little bit that like, Hey, I actually know what's going on and I'm, I'm good at this. And this I'm, this is true and that's okay. Like we don't have to explain everything. We don't have to explain everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: that's really key. (sighs) Ah. So fun. I'm so glad that we sat down and dove yeah. into some of these areas and are still sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, you brought up a lot of really, really great points. I feel like people are going to have a lot to, to sit with and explore and hopefully get excited about. And I'm curious, this is something that I ask everybody that comes on the show. On the more highly sensitive piece, what do you consider your biggest challenge and your favorite gift of
0: being an HSP? First thing that comes to mind for challenge is deciphering what's mine and what's not mine. Mm. That was a really big one and still is. Um, And also remembering that I don't have to explain what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. This so when I was younger, I always like I would I remember I would get like really upset or um you know thing there would be, I think yeah, I would get really upset and I'd be like, I don't know why I'm so upset. And it would be this, it would be this even like additional added pressure I'd put on myself to try and understand why I was upset and what was happening. And a lot of times I think I can just attribute it to, you know, everything, like all the stimuli that I didn't really know how to deal with all just sort of coming to, um, coming to itself, coming to fruition. And it just remember, like recognizing that I didn't have to explain every emotion to myself or to anyone. Um, and also just deciphering, like, you know, is this emotion mine or is it someone else's like, what am I working with here? That's been a real challenge for me. Um, because I tend to take I tended, I would say that I do this less. So now I can, I think I can easily more easily decipher, but um, yeah, really recognizing that a lot of the stuff I was taking on just wasn't mine. And I was trying to fix and move through that. And that was really hard to let go of, <laughs> especially because I was in this like people pleasing mode and I still am. And it's just this like weird cycle that if we can just, you know, say, Hey, I'm emotional today and that's okay. Or that was a lot for me. And I need a few minutes. And being okay with that. So that's definitely been a challenge. Um, The biggest gift, I think, is being able to see people, like truly see and witness people. And I feel like that is something that I never really kind of cultivated or asked for. I think it's just something that's been available to me and it's been very like now in my life, sort of doing this for work now is is just a really beautiful thing to just hold space and see people. Because I think a lot of us just want to be seen. And yeah. that's been a real big gift for me. Yeah. And to see myself, actually. Yeah, I've been able to do that too.
1: Yeah, a hugely important part of it. And Yeah. And you mentioned earlier something that I hear a lot in my practice in circles, that f- sense of feeling different mm. and it's not necessarily, I think there's often is a negative connotation to that. And sometimes there is, it can, it can be, can be lonely on the outskirts and feeling like, well, everyone else is fine and say this super chaotic, noisy environment looks fine. And yet that inner sense of that person being like, whoa, this is way too much. (laughs) That sense of feeling different. But I think being seen is hugely, hugely, both validating that it's okay to feel how you feel and also really nourishing. There is a sense of like, oh, huh. I can just be as I am in this moment. There's something really beautiful about that.
0: I agree. I feel like, the the I remember when I was younger. I remember just like loving when somebody kind of like understood me in a way, or somebody would be like, "Oh, Brianna really, you know, she loves chips or something," and I'd be like, "I do really love chips. Thank you for noticing." Like <laughs> I don't know, just things like that. I remember those would deeply like sit with me, and I would it would feel so good when somebody just acknowledged or recognized me in in those in just like this silly little ways. But um, I think you know as a highly sensitive person, we might really see other people, but if we feel a little different, if we don't feel seen, then there's a lot of ways, like a lot of, um, I don't know, in my head, at least like jitter jatter around like, oh, okay, well then maybe I'm, you know, maybe I should be a different way. It just kind of, yeah, like you said, it just allows you to just kind of sink in and be like, yeah, this is me and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, about
1: one in five, one in six people that are highly sensitive and most of them don't even know it. Mm. So that's part of why I have this podcast. That's part of why I have the practice I have is to to spread the word that, hey, it's sometimes that feeling of differentness, hey, I think more than just highly sensitive feel is I think many people at some stage in their life will have a feeling of differentness. Yeah. And I think finding the space for that, finding a sense of self-acceptance with that, because what is normal anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> Like when it comes right down to it, but just as a, a few little things pop up here, just as we slowly make our, our way towards a close for today. But there's an element with many highly sensitives of sensitivity, of course, to named it earlier, to sound and to a lot of, say, small children running around. <laughs> and I'm wondering how that goes. And if you have any suggestions or ways that maybe some highly sensitive moms out there, if they ever are at a play group or at a mom and taught time and being like, Oh my goodness. It's like, it's loud. It's busy. There's a lot of moving people here, well, moving quite small people and wondering if there's any things that you do for yourself to care for your nervous system and to soothe your spirit and those really fun situations, but really high energy
0: places. That's a really good question. I was just talking to my husband about this. Um, we had that experience in one of the play groups. It just, you just you know, when you go in, you're like, this isn't a fit, this is too much, or it's not a fit for us or our family. It's usually not. And so we just didn't go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so there's what's beautiful. is There's so many different options, at least where I live. Um, I should say there's lots of play groups, like in the library, which are usually tend to be like a little bit more quiet. Um, so though, like, I, I, my only advice there is just to be like, don't go back. Like, don't force yourself to go back into a situation that that you that is not comfortable for you just because you think it's comfortable for your kid. Um, because I, I, they they can pick up on that for sure. Um, yeah. another thing that came to me while you were asking that question is, outside of this toddler piece, um, I think we often forget too about like the infant piece where we're alone with this baby in the middle of the night that's crying yeah. and. Yeah. I remember so many instances where I just didn't know what to do. And I just want to share this because it feels like I want to bring it up. And I think it can be supportive for other first time moms. There was so many moments where my baby wouldn't sleep. And I was like, I think anybody gets to this point where you're kind of like, I can't take this anymore. And you either, you know, react or, or break down or whatever you do, whatever, whatever happens. Um, but Looking back on it, I think my baby might be also highly sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, to not to to see if you can release some of that from your own body and just connect to your baby in like the primal way and like holding it and knowing that like it's tomorrow will be different and also like they just need you in that moment and. I don't know if this is coming out right, but I just remember this being such a key piece for me because it was so hard for me. And I tried so hard to just like put her to sleep and do what I was supposed to do and do what, you know, what other mothers were doing and really looking back, like, I think she just wanted to come lay in bed with me, like <laughs> be with me on my body. And I'm trying to kind of separate this. And it was causing both of us a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and overwhelm and a lot of tears And so to just remember in those situations that your babies, they just need you. Um, And if you need to step away, step away. Um, But just knowing again, that intuitive piece of like, what do they need from me or what do I need to give myself in this moment? And um, sometimes that will be stepping away, but yeah, in the toddler group as well, intuitively, (laughs) I just know that I can't do big spaces. I can't do lots of kids. I can do small groups um, and I can do close friends and their kids, um, but I can't do big groups. And thankfully, my daughter is not really a big group kind of gal either, um, which has made me re- come to that dis- that realization sooner. But again, it's about really kind of checking in with yourself. If you're heightened, then it's probably not a place for you. If you're feeling settled, then it might be okay. So I don't know if that was too vague, but <laughs> I,
1: know I think that was really yeah really beautiful to share and I thank you for sharing that because there is a simplicity in just holding and being with your crying baby in the middle of the night there being no exact answers all all the basics are ticked and right now you just need to be with them and I think that may be exactly what someone needs to hear right now so I'm glad you shared that thank you so for those that have been listening I feel like I may have pronounced your name wrong I've been saying Brianna is it Brianna
0: it is Brianna but that's okay it's it's a silly (laughs) silly pronunciation
1: (laughs) I'm going I will get it right so for those that want to connect with Brianna and I actually was planning to release this episode um, at a different time but hearing that you have this circle coming up this sunday may what would that be
0: 14th is that Wednesday right 15th. 15th? we are going to do them monthly as well so it's, okay, great. it's not like a one and done kind of thing
1: yeah yeah but i'm gonna make a point to have this out so that people can still attend that if you're here i'll make sure this is out by tomorrow And how can people find you if they're interested in homecoming? Maybe you could tell us like a tiny bit about the layout. If people are curious to join, like, can they just dive into this one circle? Are they diving into a bigger piece? How can people connect with you? And a little more about actually joining homecoming.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so if you're interested in the mother circle, we are also doing a sacred pregnancy and birth circle at the end of the month as well, right on the new moon um, to really support you in your intuitive pregnancy piece. But um, so if you want to join our circles, you can totally drop into them. You can find those on our website at homecoming.com um under events and workshops and you can see those there it's 22 to join um and if you are part of our membership which is 20 dollars a month as a subscription type uh service where you have access to a whole library of on-demand videos that we're always adding to which include breath work meditation and movement specifically for prenatal right now um, moving into postpartum as well we'll have that coming soon Um, That's $20 a month. And then with that membership, you can access all of our events um, that happen every month. We will be having the uh, pregnancy circle and the motherhood circle happening monthly. And then we'll add in some other workshops and things around those going forward. but yeah, you can absolutely drop in if it's something you want to check out. You can also find us on Instagram at homecoming. We host, you know, lives there and conversations there with other moms, other professionals, other practitioners, all within the motherhood space. And um, for me, it's been such a beautiful journey to just like connect with the many, many people in this realm that just want to create a beautiful space for mothers to just feel seen and safe in their bodies. Um, it feels like a real a real need in a real community. So yeah, go to our website, homecoming.com or on Instagram at homecoming. And we're always there to answer um, any DMS or anything. If you have any questions at all.
1: So fantastic. And I'm so glad you created this space. I think it's really needed. I think it's really necessary. And I feel like there's such a huge sense of permission that you give people to just show up, tune in, listen to their bodies And come back to our primal instincts. So I think you're doing fantastic work and I'm really thankful that you came and shared with us and really appreciate your time in coming on the episode today.
0: Thank you so much. I just want to say thanks for the space that you're creating, because I think I really, really hit home that I am a highly sensitive person and it's kind of opened up a little bit of a world for me. Um, and just want to say thank you for the work that you do as well. Cause it's been, it's, it's just a great space for people for sure.
1: Thanks very much. And with that, we'll make our way towards a close. So I'm going to put um, the links mentioned today in the show notes. And again, it's dot com to find out more about Brianna's wonderful work. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope that you have a really nourishing rest of your day. And I will have probably a couple of weeks before the next episode. So you will hear from me again soon. So until next time, bye for now.